0: Hello, and welcome to Empowered, the empowerment podcast where I, Imogen Barnes, embrace the power of the human spirit, storytelling, and the unity that comes from lived experiences. Tune in to be informed, inspired, and above all, hope instilled. besties and welcome back to Empowered Humans. When I say I am over the moon to be bringing you this conversation today, I really do mean it. This week has evolved to be a really special one as it is marked by me making the most wonderful new friend. Who is this friend? I hear you ask. Well, you're about to virtually meet her and no doubt fall in love too. Varsha, said incredible friend, is a fierce mental health and climate justice advocate whose path I crossed online after stumbling upon one of her profound Instagram posts. This led me to her profile and from there, her utterly remarkable podcast. After I binged all her episodes, I Google searched her to find all her passions in all their glory, and this rendered me unable to not reach out. And that's the story behind how this conversation came about today. You're about to hear Vata's story, as told by her spectacular self, what fuels her fire and everything and that makes her the most spectacular human. We cross a broad range of topics from navigating an eating disorder, recovery from an eating disorder, the intersection between disordered eating and other mental health struggles, cultural complexities that complicate suffering, and so much more. Before you hear from Varsha and I, I'll provide you with the usual trigger warning. So if topics from eating disorder recovery to other mental health struggles are something that impede your peace in any way, please do feel free to click away now and protect your serenity. I will, of course, leave links to support services that you can access in the show notes should this episode trigger anything for you. Now, without further ado, here is fabulous, fabulous Varsha so today we are met with the most incredible I'm already like smiling ear to ear and I've already chatted I've chatted to you like a bestie um but we're met with Varsha Varsha would you like to introduce yourself
1: yeah sure um and thank you like literally first time ever chatting to you i like this is the best time ever what have I been missing out on <laughs> oh my <goodness>. uh, my, <laughs> my name is Varsha um what kind of intro I don't even know
0: oh what is it what are you doing where are you living
1: um I am on dark and goringai land in Sydney I am a 19 year old university student and also climate justice and mental health advocate I don't know I talk about it so so that's that um and I'm also South Asian so my family is from India um and I was born and raised in Australia
0: that is incredible yeah I was very vague I apologize just introduce yourself no,
1: I, I never know what to say I'm like oh is this too much or
0: yeah no, it's like that awful question when you're in high school I'm not sure about you but I still get anxiety thinking about it when I'm like in, say your name and a fun fact about you and you're like I
1: there's nothing fun about me and there's
0: nothing I, I have nothing to share <laughs> okie okay, dokie okay, so for season two I have the same icebreakers for everyone And the first is, would you like to share something that you do that makes you feel powerful?
1: Oh, something that makes you feel powerful. I feel like a good morning routine for me, like getting up and just doing my thing and like having my tea or having my coffee and journaling and like watching something. I don't know what it is, but that just makes me feel like a whole different person. I think this is who I wanna be every second of the day. And just like the sun's coming through the windows, like I couldn't ask for anything more. And I just feel so empowered.
0: Oh, I love that. I love it. It's also having that something to look forward to every day, like I'm it's... Yeah. Some kind of consistency, healthy consistency. I love that. Uh, Okay. Also, so the second one, I want to ask do you have anything like a memory? Sorry. Sorry. Don't don't be sorry at all. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) That's so good. Do you have a memory that you, comes to mind when I say like do you have any like warm and fuzzy it gives you instant warm and fuzzies. Oh, fuzzy.
1: Um 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 I'm sure I do I just can't think of it. It's, hard.
0: it's difficult um, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Probably just like really wholesome times with people that is so vague but like kind of the moments where you're like oh I didn't think this would be a good day or like a good time I kind of expe- I had like such low expectations I guess like you know you're a bit like weary around a family member or a friend who you haven't seen in a while and you're like this was the best day ever um I went on a trip with a friend recently and we just like had a really good chat and just like funded kind of thing um good walks just get some good drinks that kind of it just makes you so happy to just have those like unexpected wholesome times
0: Oh, I love that. And it's kind of the ones too that I don't know if you relate, but I always have to like talk myself into doing something. You know, I'm like, I'm worried about it, or I just like I think, do I want to pull out? And then afterwards I'm so glad I did that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then you get there and you're like, I'm like best thing I did. So yeah.
0: Thank you for hyping myself into doing this. I'm yeah, I'm proud. (laughs) Lovely Varsha, would you like to give us little bit of an insight into your journey with your mental health why you're so passionate about that and also why you're so passionate about climate justice and everything just give us it all
1: (laughs) sure um so with mental health i had struggled with an eating disorder so anorexia for like for a while in high school and then like even now it's something that i guess i have to consciously work on healing from um and I think like, first of all, that that struggling with an eating disorder is just hard and like anxiety. Those two things have really like been been big things in my life. And then being a person of color made it a lot more difficult to get support around it. And I think at one point I was like, oh, it's just me, it's just me. And like, obviously I would get help, but like, I'm just like not sick enough or like not this enough and that. And then I guess talking to other people and them being like, no, I felt the exact same way. I was like, oh, okay, it's not just me. I think just like raising awareness around that is something that's so important to me because like I know how much it sucked and like it just kind of feels like you're so isolated in that experience. Um, And I feel like mental health issues are already so isolating. So then having kind of like no professional support to get or finding it really difficult to do that kind of adds another layer of of complexity. So I think that's why I've like, I've been wanting to talk about it more. Um, and then I guess on the climate justice front, it's just been something that I kind of fell into, like it just joined a climate justice organization. And I saw again, like people of color doing work. And that's something that I hadn't really seen before. Um, so I think a lot of it's been seeing other people who look like me, talking about it which is then felt like oh okay it's okay for you to talk about it as well and that's something that I'd love to keep going because I think it's just important to see somebody who looks like you talking about things you care about or things that affect you
0: oh absolutely and I was going to ask that did that like there is already this like stigma that's wrapped around the concept of mental health like alone and then I feel like there must be and I can't actually speak to experience I'm you know, I hate to say this, but it's, I'm, uh, I don't hate to say it, but it's, I'm so privileged because of the color of my skin. And there is so much representation of the kind of suffering that I experienced, you know what I mean? And I actually cannot resonate with there being this lack of representation to something that I relate to. And is that something that really prohibited you, like placed a barrier? in front of you seeking support and getting like validating your own struggles as well
1: yeah because in or at least in like my family and a lot of other migrant families like my family is actually quite good at it but even then I found it really really difficult to bring it up um and it's kind of like a lot of them are health professionals but seeing somebody who's like brown and like wouldn't be expected to have an eating disorder or like any mental health issues was really difficult which makes a lot of sense um because it's like if you haven't grown up in an environment where you're talking about it how can you expect to then have a child who's struggling with that so that that was quite difficult to kind of overcome that and then kind of validate your own feelings and be like oh this is a real thing it's not a phase it's not just like I think in movies and stuff it's very like, oh, she's just a teenager who wants to be thin, and it's like that's it, and it's so much more than that, obviously. Um, but then also seeing professionals, or like just my GP, who is also a person of color, but then was kind of like, no, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you, nothing's wrong here, <laughs> and it was just like, just worry about your grades and your studies, and I was like, no, something's wrong here, I don't feel okay, um, and it just like it almost seems that it needs to get to such a point them to accept it and then be like oh okay like we've reached the point where your feelings are validated and like the things that you're going through are I guess like strong enough for you to get help and it's it almost is like that that's just a bit ridiculous I guess because you spend so long invalidating yourself and then to finally have a validator you're like oh okay well I just don't feel good at all now and I think stopping and like preventing anything happening from further is so much easier than kind of doing it down the track.
0: Um, yeah. I feel it's really unfair, isn't it? Because, like, with an eating disorder and a lot of mental health issues, I, I imagine are the same, but you have this existing narrative that tells you that you're not sick enough, that you're fine, that you're making it up, and then you seek support and you have people, like, that reinforce that that mentality and that false narrative you know what I mean and that can be so oh well it's it's obviously really harmful but it also stops you ever wanting to speak about it to reach out to to do anything again you know like
1: yeah and it's also like I would have friends who are like a similar background to me and they were thinner than me so with the whole idea of you know, as somebody who has an eating disorder being really thin, I didn't necessarily fit that narrative. I, it's not like I was the thinnest person in the room. So it was kind of like, "Oh, well, they're skinnier than you, and they don't have one, so you can't have one. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's true, and I don't have one, and I'm fine. And this is all in my head, and I'll get over it in a month. Um, or like when I turn fifteen or whatever. and it it just didn't happen. And then I was like, okay. And like my family was the one to kind of be like, okay, something's not right here because, I think at one point you were like, this is normal. This is just my life. But because it's so mentally consuming, even if it's not physically.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a mental illness, isn't it? And it's actually really frustrating that it's the only mental illness that we use physical parameters to to measure the quote-unquote apparent severity, which is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I remember my doctor like filling out a form and being like, there's like three boxes of like severe Mid or like not severe at all, and I was like, "You're really going to tick a box there? Like that's a bit, yeah, that, that's a bit crazy, just because of my weight. Are you going to tick a box based on that?"
0: Yeah, you just reduced all of my suffering to a little, a little tick. You know, yeah, like a
1: number on the scale. Like, thank you,
0: thank you for that. I feel so hard Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, okay. So this is something that I might be amplified for you, but I. I definitely understand, or in my experience, there's like this generational difference between myself and my my parents. In that, you know, we're really lucky that it's actually quite common, or it's more common for people in our generation to discuss mental health and to discuss things that are usually, you know, apparently taboo. You know, that's it's very normal. We talk really openly about sexuality. We talk about everything nitty gritty, and that's actually it's amazing. And I think finally, you know, it's this needed to happen a long time ago. Yeah. My parents obviously were just of a different generation. And so they had different ideas about how I should talk about my struggles and what was going on. And, you know, you know, do we tell extended family, you know, that was it, that was it. <laughs> yeah. And like, is that something you relate to? Yeah.
1: Um, Telling extended family, not many know. <laughs> and if it, if they do know it's not been by me or my mom necessarily telling them like it's a it's a difficult conversation and I feel like a lot of it ends up going to oh the parenting style wasn't right or something and it's like definitely not my mom's fault <laughs> like I have no blame on that it's it's so many other things that contribute towards mental health issues it's not just like you were raised in this kind of environment therefore you're diagnosed with this and this, like yeah obviously that does influence things but it's not the sole reason um or at least for me i was lucky enough for it not to be um and i think that makes conversations like that really tricky but i find the generational difference also being like like coming from india it's also a bit of this is such a first world mental health issue and like there's people in india who don't have food and you're complaining about having too much food and i'm like I see where you're coming from, but it just doesn't work like that. Like, if I could just think like that, then I wouldn't have an eating disorder. And, you know, there's no switch that I can kind of flick in my brain and be like, oh, yeah, OK, other people don't have food. I have food, therefore I'm fine and I can just eat what I want. Like it it's so much more mentally consuming and draining. And I think there's a disconnect in that sometimes with older generations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, wow, that is something that it's another just cultural barrier, isn't it? That they have that, that comparison, unfortunately, that obviously plays no role in your eating disorder or anyone's eating disorder, but yeah. it's like, no, they really, yeah, bringing that up is just very invalidating.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, uh, oh, uh, and then you feel guilty about it. And you're like, I shouldn't have this thing. And it's like, I feel enough guilt. So it's kind of hard to measure up. Um, and I also find that in older generations, there's a lot of undiagnosed eating disorders almost. It's like they kind of end up thinking this is normal because no one's talking about it in the first place.
0: Absolutely. I don't think I've, like, that has just, like, struck my soul. Like, there's so many things, too, that it was just so, yeah, so normalised and things, like, I just don't think they have the same awareness of what is, like, flat out, like, you know, that's diet culture. You know, this is, you know, XYZ. I think our generation is being is much more aware of things like that and it's much yeah. easier now to sit back and observe you know maybe that is a really common behavior to, to engage in but that doesn't make it a healthy one you know
1: yeah and I think you just see it on adverts and everything and there's a reason that it's continued for like hundreds of years of just like constantly you know feeding women into corsets and then this and that like it's always been there and I think we've always just changed what the method is
0: yes absolutely and if anything I don't know about you but I I don't like to gaslight our entire experiences and being like that's such a silver lining but I feel like there is a little bit of a silver lining in that we're able to like flat out call I feel like yeah you bullshit right you can be like I yeah. is not a behavior or a mentality that I can engage in healthily and i don't want to either you know like yeah, yeah for sure absolutely I feel like that's it yeah having that insight is something that I did take away from my eating disorder and I appreciate the one did, thing. yeah yeah one of, yeah the one of the few <laughs> did it did you face any other difficulties in seeking help or support um
1: I found like I just found that for some reason every person that I ended up going to with like my initial kind of like professional help they were all people of color who were just invalidating kind of everything I was going through or I think being from a similar background culturally it just made it really hard because it was a shock to them that I had an eating disorder and it was almost kind of like oh no you don't have an eating disorder you just like need to fix your eating so you're healthy and it it became a really like different sort of issue it almost it wasn't an eating issue like I remember I went in once and they're like oh so are you here to like lose weight or something and I was like are you really asking somebody to come to like a, a dietitian about that like you don't even know what's happened just ask me what the issue is and then I'm happy to explain it but it was kind of those sorts of experiences and I think it's like it's harder for family to take it in as well when you have professionals being like it's nothing because then they're like oh obviously like professionals are saying it's nothing um and like are you really gonna trust a teenage daughter maybe not like I see where that kind of comes from um but that made it quite difficult and then also even at school and stuff like all the school counselors everyone who came in like We had really great people from Headspace and like mental health organizations come in and talk to us, but it was also never around eating disorders and they were also all white. So it was like, I'm, you're not going to get it. You're just going to like blame my parents for not having a conversation with me. And then you're going to be like, oh, culturally, this must just suck for you and blah, blah, blah. Or you're going to give me really dumb advice that isn't going to work for me because you haven't thought about it from my perspective. And I think that makes it difficult because it's just, it's just almost like, like food is such a different thing for every culture, I think. And like the way we perceive mental health is as well. So when there's no cultural competence in the help that you're seeking, it's kind of like, this is a waste of my time and you're not making me feel any better. You're kind of gaslighting me as well.
0: Yeah. How did you go about advocating for yourself and getting help Um, and validating yourself as well because that must have fighting external validation on top of internal va- invalidation it's just like it must have been the hard, hardest thing ever
1: I think it was almost finding ways that made that made pushing through my eating disorder and kind of starting the healing process really important so like in my family or just like I think in South Asian culture a lot of the times like grades are a really really big thing like academic success and like is kind of how your worth is almost measured. Um, And it became a thing of like, if my mental health wasn't good enough, my grades wouldn't be good enough. And like, I think that's how I started framing it. And like, I think my grades almost, my grades and weight were kind of like the two things that I had put so much of my worth into. And whenever it was not my grades, it was like the number on the scale is what I'm looking at. And it just, it kind of went between both of those things. so it became a point of like, I was in my last year of high school and things weren't looking very good grades wise or like mental health wise. So it was like that time my family was like, okay, we, we obviously need to do something here. And I think that was a breaking point where it started affecting other things in my life and not just like me thinking about it all the time. Where obviously that did have an effect, but this was like an effect that you could see my grades were going down on paper. Um, so I think that almost justified getting help even if it wasn't like oh it's an eating disorder it's like oh you're just a bit anxious about your grades or something and that was kind of how it diverted into that and then from there on I think I think it's like once you get the help and once you're talking to somebody it's easier to stay in it um but getting to that first step felt really really hard and felt hard to justify to anyone.
0: absolutely and especially probably yourself at the time I imagine like
1: yeah it was kind of almost like Seeing my first psych was like my biggest accomplishment. This is like I could not be happier um, but still like I didn't tell anyone like the only person who knew was my mother and that was it. Um, it was just like such an embarrassing thing almost So it's like this is shameful to go and get help there's something wrong with you it kind of felt like that and nobody ever said that to me but I think it's a lot of like internalization of what you see in movies, it's like, oh, they're really, really sick and they need it. And it almost felt like I wasn't at that stage. Um, obviously, you don't need to be at any stage, but I couldn't see that for myself.
0: Oh, absolutely. And having that complete lack of representation and being able to relate is, I, is a massive barrier to being able to actually access help, you know, and believing that you deserve help. Mm. Is there like, was there anything that That you felt really included in and you know was there any point in time where you were just like I actually feel inclusion now I feel like deserving of this help I feel you know like represented Um, or is that kind of why you do what you do now
1: I think I didn't feel represented for a long time and I also think it was it was kind of for me the first step of like even understanding that other people had a similar issue to me and that like I was feeling actual things and it wasn't a hallucination um was probably joining the climate justice movement because I feel like there's a sense of openness and there's not heaps of representation of people color people of color but there certainly is more and was more than my school ever had um and people would like talk about mental health like it would just kind of come up and it seemed like it was a much more organic conversation like eating disorders and like anxiety and like bipolar, whatever, like, people would actually talk about it, and I was, like, surrounded by all these amazing activists who were doing things, Um, and I was, like, oh, okay, so, like, you can be open about this. It isn't something shameful, and then talking to friends who also had mental health issues who were people of color, that made it a lot easier to be, like, oh, there's, like, a community of us who are too scared to talk about anything, Um, and, yeah, I think that was kind of the first step to to even being able to like share it or anything i remember it was hard for my mom as well with me sharing it which makes a lot of sense because it's like my extended family didn't even know and all of that but she was so supportive at the end i think having that as well was like oh this feels fine like i can actually do this
0: yeah did you have a really hard time having instigating conversations with extended family about what was going on Do a
1: Yeah, um, I honestly haven't really had conversations about it still. It's like, if if they do find out, they're always super lovely about it. It's not that they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. But I think in my head, the conversation still seems quite daunting almost. It's not that they wouldn't be supportive by any means, but it almost feels like I think it would be a little bit of a shock of like, I don't know. I just, I think it's something so rare and like when you don't grow up with any conversation about it at all it's just like how how would you be able to empathize almost because it's like even if you have patience or whatever it, it's really different when it happens to your own family I think there's a level of detachment that we have like we see things on the news all the time but then when you're not surrounded by it or when you're not going through it or know someone close to you who is it's kind of like oh that, that's a different situation so those conversations kind of haven't really happened too much and if they have they've been good um but yeah definitely not before kind of talking about it more openly I think conversations with like my mom for instance those were initially difficult but having them a lot more and also understanding like the context that each of us were coming from that helped a lot like it was understanding that she's been raised in an environment where this wasn't a thing like you have people literally just like obviously eating disorders are more common probably now in India as well but growing up they're never talked about and in any country they probably weren't talked about like 50 years ago so I think it's just kind of understanding that point of view which helps me engage in a better more constructive conversation that doesn't leave both of us just like stressed out and frustrated
0: yeah no I totally understand that and I can like I can relate in that I remember when I was beginning to struggle and I was voicing it to my mum that there was this shame that she felt on her behalf that she had done something wrong like we said before that it was a how she parented and you know it was it was her fault you know what I mean and for some I feel like there was a time when she was reluctant to acknowledge my struggling because she was reluctant to admit that maybe she you know she was the reason behind it and obviously like yeah. I guess, Ivan, you know how you try and like reach all them? Like, I promise you, you did everything right. Like, this wasn't you. Did yeah. not cause my eating disorder. Yeah. But I feel like they already carry that. And so maybe there's like that reluctance to talk about it purely because they worry about what that means, if that is the reality.
1: Yeah. No, like I remember I wrote an article about it and that was the first time that I'd ever talked like really openly and personally about it. And my mom was a bit skeptical and I just remember like it was going to be published and like I gotten all that and like had sent off like a second final draft or whatever and then I sent it to my mom before I was like this is going to be done and afterwards she calls me she's like I'm so sorry I'm, Like this is not your fault like I'm not blaming you at all <laughs> um but I I just like I probably feel the same way though when I think about it, probably be like, I just messed up and like I ruined your life or whatever. But it's not that at all. Like Yeah. Like there's things every parent can do better. And like if I ever had kids, they're gonna be like, you messed up in this way and this way. But like it it just wasn't like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it it's like at first I remember resenting my family for not understanding, but like but now you've, and I think you've, oh, you've worded it so beautifully, like so eloquently why they don't understand and their reluctance to acknowledge struggling. And I feel like it just comes from a place of them not being exposed and not educated and it not being normal. It was something that was so taboo and something to, you know, hush, hush. And we're just over a different generation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But even now it's just like, so many people have them and even in high school we barely talked about it like health lesson I remember we would be like one of our lessons was there's like three body types or whatever and we had to say which one we were and I was like you're going to get a group of like 14 year old girls and guys to do this to themselves and it's like no way my school's fault because they're probably just following the curriculum but I'm like surely you could have done more. Something could have changed. And like, all we would learn about eating disorders is like, your bone density is going to go down if you don't drink milk. And I was like, that's the least thing I could care about right now. Like, that's not on my mind.
0: Oh my goodness. Same. And I was only thinking the other day, I remember learning how much energy was in, a, in lollies, a certain yeah. lolly, and then how many oh. laps of the oval that we would have to do to equate to that energy that we consumed. And I was like, I just thought, I was thought, talking about this the other day, I was like, imagine if the curriculum changed so that people were educated on how to take care of themselves and how to, you know, you know, acknowledge their struggles, validate their struggles, know when to reach out. You know, imagine if we were educated on these things rather than, it just seems so, oh, it just seems so meaningless in the grand scheme of life. Why are we learning these things in school?
1: Yeah. And we watched this really dumb movie as well on like sugar. And like that, that stuff is like scarred in my brain. And like I know it is in my in friends of mine as well. And I'm like, we should not have ever watched that.
0: Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, how does this weevil its way into our education system? <laughs> I don't know. Please tell me. Please, please someone fix this. Yeah. So do you feel now like you you have, you have got friends now, you've opened up about your struggles, obviously. Do you feel like that's made more people open up to you? And to...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Cause it's like all these people that you would never expect who have struggled with eating disorders would be like, oh, I have as well. And like, thank you for like saying this or whatever, or just kind of like, you know, like bringing it up. Um, And I think that always feels quite good because I think it can. it's just such an isolating experience even talking about it sometimes because you're like am I just speaking to the void are people going to be like there's something wrong with her Um, and I think there still is that stigma around mental health of like oh they're sick or something and it's like it's just it's not that and it yeah it's it's a hard kind of balance to to go about because you know, that some people who follow you, who find out, are going to be like, oh, I didn't know that, like, this is weird, Um, but then other people are going to be so kind about it, and some people are just not going to care, and yeah, I think it's just being fine with it.
0: Yeah, I'm interested, is Southeast Asian culture, how does it look at food, you know, is it something that's, is it a big part of your culture?
1: Mm, Yeah, like, South Asia's, like, food is just kind of, it's there at every festival and it's like, it's something, I think like South Asian culture or a lot of cultures are very like more collective based. It's not about the individual necessarily. And I think when you're thinking about a collective of people, it's very much centered around food a lot of the time. And I just know that like, I would struggle so much even like having those days, even things like Mother's Day, for instance, like, I just remember wanting to be so meticulous about it even if it was another person's day, I'd kind of end up controlling it and taking it over. And I think for me, I had that year finally when I wasn't doing that and I was able to like make things and do all of that. And that felt so good. And I think from that point onwards, it's just like, I can't go back to the days where I was so controlled Um, and I was controlling other people's lives as well.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I relate to that so much. You get to that point where you've got like this tight grip on everything. And you're like, no, actually, I need to, oh my goodness, you really, like, it's something that you might not even get either until like hindsight, right? You don't appreciate how, well, you were trying to control every single little thing and how draining that is on you.
1: It's so draining. Like, I just remember being in exams and all I could think about was like numbers and like food. And I'd be like, I'm in a maths exam and I'm thinking about like, numbers not on this page like they're just numbers that are not necessary um just crazy
0: oh my goodness it is all-consuming what about the body is there like a massive emphasis on bodies I feel like
1: there is like I yeah I think there definitely is a whole like you want to be like slim and trim and a lot of it comes to the color of your skin as well like being a fair or like quote-unquote fair which is like light-skinned person who woman who's also thin is like is just quite desirable and you will see that in all your all of your celebrities and like Bollywood stars and that kind of thing um and especially a few years ago like going to a certain size, like being size zero and like being stick, then it was a trend. It was just like, you'd see these celebrities and they'd be doing that. And then, you know, a few years later, they're like, I'm never doing that again. But it's like, you've impressioned that on so many young people out there who look up to you. Um, And I feel like fan culture is something just quite different there. It's like, people will really idolize them. Um, So yeah, there, there definitely is a certain desirability in being that. And I think class and stuff definitely comes into it as well it's like at least if you're pretty or at least if you're this um and i think on top of that there's like academic competition but it's like when you're surrounded by so many people who are so academically competitive what makes you stand out that can be your look so you're like that can be one of your talents almost it it feels like um yeah and i think it's like if you don't have one thing what can you compensate that with almost or at least that's what it felt like to me because i'm sure growing up in india would be a completely different experience but at least like being raised here in in a culture that I think I probably made up in my head almost or felt like a simulation at times that's what it was
0: yeah oh my goodness and it's just it's almost like you have so much influence do you know what I mean you have influence coming from literally all over the world and then you're like you're I can imagine like Little Vasha is just thinking, what is what's expected of me? You know what I mean. I have like eleven hundred ideals I'm supposed to aspire to. You know what am I doing?
1: Yeah, for me it almost felt like if I couldn't compete academically, then I would try and fit in at school. And like, fit in at school was like be a thin white girl. <laughs> and what? I I don't I don't think I recognize a race dimension though until I left high school. For me it was always like I'm never gonna fit and I'm never gonna. Fit in because I like didn't look like them um but it wasn't a weight thing and I think I realized it afterwards because I was like there's girls who definitely look different to me but we're still like still fit in way more than I did and then I think afterwards it was like oh this was a race issue it wasn't a weight or like and that's never gonna be a thing like no one if your friends are actually excluding you because of your weight that's
0: that's just an issue there um,
1: but I don't think it was that it was more just like the color of my skin and I can't change that unfortunately
0: no yeah that is something that we yeah we kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's the luck of the draw or whatever you mean <laughs> it's not something yeah. that we can go changing is yeah. that I mean did you go to what like is we the only not the only
1: but a minority and the yeah. thing is. All of the, or like 99 or like 95% of the Asian kids were in a group. So like, it was just kind of us. And yeah. then it, it felt like a lot of exclusion. Um, but I think it's almost that like, we obviously probably had that same experience of being excluded. So that kind of like bonded us over the years. But I think at one point you're like, I, I don't want to be part of this like Asian group. I, I do want to kind of go out of that. Um, And, and I guess like fit into, you know, the other 160 kids in my grade. Um, and I like couldn't do that properly because probably of like racial things rather than how I looked, but I think I always put it back to that. Cause I think like my group definitely did carry around that like academic success and like study only and doesn't do anything else and doesn't have a life, which wasn't true. Like we all had our own things. And even if there were people who just had studying as a priority it, it's something that shouldn't characterize an entire person but I almost did because it went to like the whole Asian stereotype which is in like every movie out there of like being the nerd um and yeah it was just frustrating I think
0: oh absolutely and something that too like I don't feel like we're able to when we're actually in that time in our lives especially when we're teenagers I don't think we have the mental capacity to actually appreciate what's going on we just feel you know like in hindsight I have all this awareness of what was going on and you know why I felt excluded what was you know why I felt this that and whatever yeah I didn't have that awareness then and no wonder it was so difficult you know like our brains literally don't know any better they're not fully developed you know it's just like I I feel like teenage being a teenager is hard enough
1: so hard (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, it's so difficult. I was wondering, how do you feel about your grades now? And is it something that's still like?
1: Um, okay, so at the end of year 12, got my grades and was like super duper happy, didn't expect it at all. But I was in such a shitty place mentally that like it kind of meant nothing. Like I was happy, obviously, um, and so grateful. But I just remember going into my first day of uni And I was just like, I just like the first couple months we were on campus and then the pandemic happened or like the first two weeks we were on campus and then everything got shut down because of COVID. And it was just such a terrible experience. Like I don't remember ever feeling good. I didn't want to go out anywhere. I was just so drained. And I'd like gone overseas and stuff during the holidays. And we had like a massive family reunion as well. And I just like couldn't fully enjoy any of it because of my eating disorder and just like because I was so anxious all the time um and like my grades at uni weren't good at all like you know there's they're still a bit eh, but I think I'm much better mentally and I realized that like I could have the best grades in the world but if I'm not in a good place to use them there's genuinely no point and I think once that hit I was like oh okay like your health matters and that kind of thing because that's literally the only thing you're left with at the end of the day like yeah if I'm ever 80 I'm not going to be sitting there going oh I got like a distinction in this or whatever or I like fail that subject but um, I'm gonna be like oh I'm alive.
0: Absolutely and I also kind of think like quality of life it doesn't matter matter, (laughs) right like it doesn't matter if I have straight A's and or I have the best looking body I am like the ideal of beauty it doesn't matter if I'm you know suppose it like you know what my image is like yeah none of this matters if you have no quality of life right like what does it matter oh. if you yeah you I just oh feel like oh like especially my sister she just finished year 12 so she just got her ATAR oh my and God.
1: I hope she did <laughs> I'm sure she's
0: happy. right well that's it well she was like actually she's literally my idol like she just went through year 12 with like the intention of being happy and that was it and I thought what a legend you know what i mean because she's like at the end of the day you only have how happy you are you only have how healthy you are and what is the point in sabotaging those things for something that like you said if we reach the age of 80 like you don't you know your grades aren't printed on your coffin that sounds really morbid but like-
1: no but i was literally told that my atar is going to be behind me for the rest of my life like that was the kind of messaging i had around me so I was when I finally got out of that bubble and I was like, oh, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, no.
0: That's it. That is it. You just realize, like, wow, like I have lost so much time serving this thing that means nothing. (laughs) Like you know, it's like I don't want to invalidate people that care a lot about their grades. If and that serves you, that's amazing.
1: No, totally. (laughs) But self-worth should never be that. Like I I went to Germany after I finished my like uh my HSC and everything just for a few days for this climate thing. And it was such an amazing experience, but also probably the most miserable I've ever been. Um, it was just such a bad time. And I was so insanely jet lagged obviously. But then also just everything with food and anxiety is like, I can't live like
0: that. This is exactly, and you're like, wow. So I got amazing grades. Um My eating disorder has the body it desires and I've never been less happy in my existence. Yeah, and I also didn't
1: have the body I like, even though i like...
0: No, because you never do. That's the point, isn't it, right?
1: It's like I could lose X amount of weight gain, whatever, and I would still hate my body. So I'm literally ever winning in this, I realised.
0: And you're like, wow. I mean, it's really lucky that we're as young as we are with this this insight because I feel like a lot of people you know it's a lot it this insight occurs a lot later and they have a they hold a lot of regret for maybe the time that they've lost yeah um which I think I do with I do a bit I'm not going to lie I do feel like I lost a lot to what I've been through but in on the same you know token I'm I'm, pr- I'm young I'm relatively young we have the world in front of us and at least now we can be like you know serving my grades or like perfectionism in general like it's not what makes me happy in this life
1: yeah I think it's also hard that when you start like when other people kind of idealize you for the way you look in your disordered body and they're like oh my god I love like this part of your body I'm like I don't think it's supposed to be like that like this isn't natural um and then you see that change and you're so fixated on it and then at one point you come to accept it but it's hard
0: oh absolutely and especially too I feel like so often you know the when you're in the you know something like you can be the epitome apparently the epitome of health and you just want to tell, yeah, people applauding this. And you just want to be like, you have no idea what this is the result of. This is not health.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. And you have like people literally telling you, I wish I could eat like that. Like, oh my God, what do you do? Like, you don't want to know. Like, you just don't want to know. I don't want to know that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Oh my goodness. How do you have that willpower? You're like, It's actually not willpower. It's a crippling mental illness, yeah. but okay.
1: Would you like some? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's terrible
0: what do you like do you resonate with the idea that there's this intersection between eating disorders and other mental health issues did you
1: yeah um I think for a long time like maybe like people around me wouldn't want to accept that it's an eating disorder but they would be like oh it's just anxiety and then from your anxiety you got your eating disorder it's like I don't know, like maybe it was that, but I don't necessarily think it was like that. Um, I think they both sprung from like different things, but then have their intersection as well. Um, but yeah, I think they almost do go hand in hand sometimes, but I don't think they're from the exact same cause. Like I think perfectionism can lead to both of those things happening, but I think they're also a bit different. I don't know. What are your kind of like insights on that? Cause I- really keen to know that kind
0: of it's interesting isn't it I definitely had a very anxious personality growing up you know it was kind of highly strong I was a perfectionist as well and I had traits of things like anxious traits um and I definitely think my eating disorder emphasized them or at least gave them another way to be you know to manifest um and I think anxiety in general and kind of I definitely go through bouts of depression, I feel like they're going to be part of my journey forever. And, you know, there's sometimes where my anxiety is really is helpful um, in that, you know, I get things done because I'm anxious about it or, I, you know, like I, I do get that <laughs> deadline, you know, it's freaking me out so I, get, I finish it and yeah. in that way it's really helpful. Um, there are other times that I'm like, worried about making a phone call and I'm thinking you know anxiety right now is not my best friend um but in all in all like my eating disorder made it a lot worse because obviously you need nutrition you need you need to be mentally okay to deal with day-to-day anxiety you know there's a different story when it's ruling your life but all in all I feel like definitely having my eating disorder made existing traits worse but there's also those existing traits that I'll live with forever that I can live with that don't destroy my life. I just have to learn to healthily cope. Does so that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, yeah, I think looking back on your childhood and being like, oh, I was anxious all throughout that. Like, it didn't just start when I hit high school. Like, I've always been anxious. It's kind of been a revelation. I'm like
0: Oh, I see <laughs> Yeah, and you're just like, oh, bless my little cotton socks. Like, I was (laughs) such a strung-out five-year-old. No, I did no idea.
1: You were very stressed for a five-year-old. Like, maybe, I like, I think when you're five, though, you're like, everyone else is thinking the same thing. Or you're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And you can't really put a name to what you're feeling.
0: No, exactly.
1: When people are like, like, oh, my God, when I was younger, that was my favourite time. Like, no, I, like, didn't know what I was feeling and I kind of felt crap. Yes,
0: exactly. And do you remember, I remember... I used to, we used to say butterflies and our Tommy we were nervous. Yes. Butterflies? And you think, oh, I had butterflies so often when I was little and that's what mom would say. Oh, you've got butterflies. And now I'm like, ha, that was my, I used to that was anxiety that but I didn't.
1: Yeah. I used to have that like weird, like, you know, that pit of your stomach, you have that feeling. I just remember getting that a lot. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm just over exaggerating it in my head now, but I just remember feeling that a little bit too much, I think. Yeah, exactly. you're like, wow, I
0: I understand now. I understand why I went through this. It's like I was very similar as a child to my adult self. <laughs> we need to nurture that self, right? Really? Is there anything that you would say to someone in a similar situation to you? So they have that cultural element that they're really worried about being like, like there's no representation of what they're going through. You know, they're fi- they're worried about reaching out to family and what their response is going to be. So anything that you'd say to them about, you know, validating their struggles and seeking support, you know, is
1: yeah. I I first of all think that like if it is becoming, you know, quite draining on your health and like you know when you don't know, like right? You know when you know. You don't don't gaslight yourself, please. Like if it's there, it's there, there's not a certain threshold. Go and seek help immediately. Like, even if you can't tell your family, obviously maybe age dependent, but like If you can and you have the means to just like go and seek family it all remains really confidential as well like i was quite lucky in the sense that family that did end up taking that step for me but if you need the help just go and get it like i have friends who have done that and it served them so much better in the long term and then being able to have that conversation with family when they feel ready and i think that's much better than you just kind of trying to live with it because it's hard um and then also, I just remember looking at like a lot of YouTube recovery accounts and like a lot of social media. And I don't know if that was the best for me because there was never anyone who ever looked like me on those platforms. And sometimes the platforms that I was looking at was really, really toxic. So, like, have a think about what kind of media that you're engaging with. Because, like, obviously, Imogen's amazing. So, yeah. let's go with those of accounts. <laughs> no but you're I don't find your account triggering by any means and I think a lot of people will just post before and afters of like their body and I'm like I don't think anyone needs to see that um so I've also found like heaps of accounts that do have people of color talking about eating disorders and that seems to help a lot because it's like they're talking about it that's okay their parents got over it I'm assuming um or like they're living with that whatever it is and Like, I know I can too, and that helps me have those conversations sometimes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Feeling not alone is support in itself, you know? It's like therapy in itself. Just feeling understood is underrated, I think.
1: Oh, I love that. Feeling understood is underrated. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, we need that. We need to be like, wow, I'm actually not alone, and I'm not crazy.
1: I'm not crazy. (laughs) That's... Best feeling ever. It's like, oh, I I have a name for these things that I feel.
0: Literally. And I'm not going to get shipped off to an asylum. You know, that's what was going through my head. Yeah. You know, you have all these really.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also like, I, I don't know, for me, it's probably not a great thing, but like having somebody tell you that it's real is so validating and it feels good. Because like for so long, you haven't been able to tell yourself. Um, and I think that sometimes it's also like, oh, but even if I tell someone, they're just going to be like, live with it. No, there are ways to get help around it. Um, And like, whatever you need to do for it, they will let you know. And at least there's somebody kind of guiding you along instead of being like, I'm just going to meditate and fix all my problems. Like that might help, but it's not going to fix everything.
0: Oh my goodness. And I can just think too, that I'm so, oh, I feel like the world is so blessed to have you in it and to have your voice because imagine having that being in a similar position like someone that is like just just like you 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 know like six years ago you know they're in that same thing where they're like I am seeing these recovery influences but none of them have to be worried about telling their parent you know none of them you know they're not talking about how hard it is to have a conversation with their family and their extended family and they're not talking about what it's like to have all these layers of like different cultural expectations on top of that's it's so it's such a blessing to have oh, inclusion you're so
1: oh. we're so happy to have you like genuinely when I saw your account and just like the things you do it's like oh my god she's talking about eating recovery and like mental health in a way that's not triggering and not toxic and actually helpful like oh my, thank you oh my
0: goodness See, it's like I'm thankful, I'm thankful for you like just want to give you a hug that is the worst thing about zoom right I mean this <laughs> is Zoom sucks. I meet these amazing people, and I'm like, "Can we go out for coffee?" No, we can't. Yes. The- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're, like- <laughs> we're doing
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that
0: anyway. Exactly. I'm I'm willing to drive however many hours we need to do that.
1: I'll meet you in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. Also, our lovely Varsha. So you have your own podcast as well. Do you want to tell us where we can find you?
1: Um. Yeah. So I have my own po- podcast called Not to Be Controversial, and it's hosted by my friend Tiara and I, and it's essentially two brown girls talking about a lot of talked about and taboo topics um, and also having a bit of a South Asian perspective on it because there's a lot of topics obviously that we all struggle with, but I think there's a certain complexity sometimes when you are a woman of color and like being from an immigrant family, etc. cetera. So yeah, just talking about anything, but with a bit of a, a, a South Asian perspective on it essentially. <laughs>
0: Right. So then you get that sense of camaraderie and the understanding. It's just, it's everything. Your podcast, imagine if you had had your podcast to listen to when you were growing up. Can you imagine? Oh,
1: I think if anyone who looked like me talked about an eating disorder when I was going through one, it would have felt so much better. Cause like these people would have their like mom like choose their food for them and stuff and like have mad conversations about eating disorders on a camera and it'd be like, that is not happening to me. I'm not gonna go up to my mom tomorrow and be like, hey mom, did you like wanna record a YouTube video with me and like pick out all my food and tell them how hard it's been for you with my, like, no. That's not like, happened. that is
0: not going to occur ever.
1: No, and like, I don't know if I'd wanna put myself out like that at that point either. Like when I was like in the depths of mine, it's not something that I wanna put all over social media for sure.
0: No, and it's like, I understand that entirely. I would still feel uncomfortable. I would feel uncomfortable doing that now. I don't think I would ever do that. Yeah, you know, it's just different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where else can our lovely listeners reach out?
1: Um, quite, quite active on my Instagram. Um, that's where I found Imogen actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, we can just look at this. I will tag you, by the way, and put all your everything, all the links to your incredible self. The t-
1: um it's just at Varsha.Yachman um so so yeah uh I don't know I use Twitter sometimes but it's not very like mental focus it's just me ranting a lot about oh, we need community.
0: that though
1: we it's need just-
0: <laughs> healthy rants
1: <laughs> it's just Varsha Yachman again um yeah that's kind of that's kind of it
0: <laughs> thank you so much for being here I feel just I feel so much more also informed but my mood is up like you're incredible you're doing these spectacular things and you know you've like i I meet these people and you've been through hell um and i just i just you just get to the other end and i'm like how are you still such a phenomenal human like how are you so just say the same about you (laughs) (laughs) oh my thank you so much for being here thank you for existing Thank you for doing everything that you do.
1: I I got you. Thank you so much for having me.